I always tell people, if you purchase one short-term rental, it's almost guaranteed you're going to purchase a second, third, fourth one. You're you're going to figure it out. Yeah. It's just, you you find out this business is generating money. It's fun. Not all the times, but the thing is like you get to use it on vacation. Um, It's something people could wrap their minds around. And if you purchase right, like I said, you only need a handful of them to get to that financial freedom. And they're actually freedom is actually the bigger word there because Mm. now you're not emboldened to hospital administration the boss that you can't stand anymore all the politics at work that kind of goes away because you know in your heart you could walk away at any time if you wanted to you're not tied down into that job you're not stuck and i think a lot of healthcare workers they get to a point in their lives, they keep getting more and more degrees, they keep moving up the ladder and getting, you know, into different committees, but they're stuck. That's not freedom at all. And so with short-term rentals, I feel like I have that freedom. Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. When when did you um like fall into the space? I feel like there's always like a special yeah, you know, like either a seed that's planted or because it's not like traditional to be like, mm-hmm. oh like you know what I mean? It's like traditional is like bigger pockets, which I've listened to for years, and yeah. it's kind of like house hack. Then there's mm-hmm. the multi-family tra- train, which is kind of like yeah. the whole uh, whether it's Jake and Gino or like mm-hmm. Joe Fairless, you know. There's that Kool-Aid, and then this short-term rental one is I'm always interested of, yeah. you know, if that's kind of like an experiment, as we call it in our lab, that kind of yeah. just happened, or it was kind of like, no, nah, I need to look into this. Like, which one was it for yeah. you? I think you described it perfect. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, I started in 2003, 2004. And to be honest with you, I was an awful investor. I think the first thing I invested in was a scam. I got scammed out of 16 grand on a duplex out in Colorado that they never owned. It was a brand new construction. Um, but I started investing. Back then, uh, the market was crazy. Everyone was getting into real estate. But the properties here in Southern California didn't make sense. So I started investing out of state in long-term rentals. I think the more work you put into it, the more money you make, right? And so I was kind of very passive in all of those investments where I used a property management team and I pretty much broke even, but I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I did have a, a handful of LTRs and then 2008 hit and I got hit really hard. And I remember I bought one long-term rental close to a hospital I was working at. I work at a hospital, so I'm a respiratory therapist and that was negative cash flowing like crazy. It was negative cash flowing, like I think $1,500 if they paid on time. And if they paid, I mean, and there were some months where I was having to shell out like 3,500 bucks, you know, and at a certain point I ran out of time and money and energy and had a foreclosure, had a bankruptcy. Um, So it was, I gained all this knowledge in real estate and I felt like I had to start over. Um, And I didn't want that knowledge to go to waste. But I knew at the end of the day, cash flow was going to be king. Like mm. out of all of those design, location, anything, I just needed to focus in on cash flow. And so once I started getting my finances back together from the bankruptcy, um, you know, paying off bills, debt, um, getting a higher paying job, I said, you know what, let me start investing in real estate again. 
started investing in like some like C-class properties in like Ohio, um, Huntsville, Alabama. They all performed okay, but I felt like I would need to buy like 200 properties to get to my financial freedom. Right. Number. That's what we don't right. talk about, right? Like right. The, the slowness or the, you know, mm-hmm. like it works in, in the right. compound effect, huge believer right. of it, but it's right. like, takes forever right how how much time we got (laughs) and not only that i i remember filling out mortgage applications it was a pain in the ass like you have to fill out every single property you had at a certain point i had like for saliva social security everything blood test yeah right and so you nailed it on the head earlier everyone kind of goes into multifamily. maybe i get a duplex or a quad and and then I went to a boot camp and they were talking about um, getting 100 units, 200 units, the Jake and Gino thing. It was actually a Rod Cleef event. And oh, I said, I know, maybe, yeah. yeah, I was like, maybe that's what I need to do. What's your um, thought I, on that? I, I actually, I haven't had this discussion because before you, you pass over that real quick, yeah. let me stop you. Yeah. What is your thought on LP being limited partner versus... Yeah doing what we do in the short-term rental yeah oh no no i wasn't even gonna say gp but well maybe (laughs) unless you want to go there like actually maybe that's a good comparison maybe there's two it's like okay there's gp lp versus str and it doesn't have to be a versus but it's just like when you look at the two because we're in a lab that's what we do we kind of look at these experiments okay like which one is the best for me which is probably the question the question that everyone should be asking like what's what's the best for you but i'm curious in your case when you look at them on paper you know why one over the other? Yeah, so there's this spectrum. There's never this thing where everyone wants the least amount of work that makes the most money. I mean, there are like different sweet spots and stuff like that, but the more work you're going to put into it, the more money you're going to make. And you want to be completely passive, you're going to make less money. For me, at this point in my life, I want to be very active because I need to generate income. And to me, short-term rentals gets there where you only need a handful of properties. I strongly believe you only need a handful of properties to get to financial freedom. What's so, handful for you for context? Um, so like my financial freedom number is $25,000 a month. I feel like I, I would get, I would feel very comfortable with that. Um, mm-hmm. I just did my loan application because uh, I'm tr- doing a, pretty much a burr and uh, two properties over in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee's uh, generates a little over ten thousand dollars a month. That's and that's even, in profit or gross? net profit. Net profit. Net profit. Right? And so even I mean, what does ten thousand dollars a month do f- to someone's life? Like even if you're it not trying sure. to get to financial freedom, like even if you just want to live off that, yeah, and just you know live minimally. I mean, that's financial freedom already. For me, I have a little bit bigger goals. Um, I have four kids and we want to send them to college and pay some bills and stuff like that and have a little bit extra. You got money, a whole so. army. You putting them to work yet? Uh, one of them, yeah. Oh, see, so <laughs> well, strategic. But see, one's already in college and it's like $30,000 a year. So it's going to cost us money, right? Smart girl. So we have to support her. Um, you got some good yeah. jeans, man. You got four kids. You look <laughs> yeah, like do, money, yeah. bro seriously thanks man <laughs> jeez i could be one of your kids no i'm just kidding like no it's funny it's just you yeah four kids that's awesome man and, and you look super you're super young and you're you're hustling and uh well, i wish i was super me... young but <laughs> no you are man you are young if you if but... i'm not seeing the salt and pepper yet you're young um <laughs> but that as far as the lp i think being an lp is kind of where we all want to be eventually where we just mm-hmm. put our money and it generates income for us 
Yeah. You know, um, so eventually what I want to do is take my active money, kind of put it into passive deals and eventually have that that passive income kind of over, you know, overtake the um, the active income. Yeah. Do you That's think it just I, takes more money to to have it? Because I think we don't talk about that enough. Right. There's yeah. like we talk about, oh, yeah, stocks like 8 percent return. That's not it. Well, it depends how much you have. If yeah. you have 10 million. The right. stock market's not a bad place, right? And I don't, right. I'm not a huge, like I have some stocks, whatever. I'm a real yeah. estate investor, but I'm also an right. entrepreneur, right? And so it's kind of right. like, we don't really talk about the scale of return. Like it depends how much you're investing in the LP. If you're investing like yeah. 10 million versus 1 million versus 500,000 right. versus 50K, like there's, there's a difference yeah. there. And I don't think we talk about that enough because it's kind of like, right. it's just like this end all, this, this blanket statement of like, oh, like I don't do that. But like, I think what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you're trying to find the best vehicle for you right now to actively make the gross amount of money to get your income numbers so that you can have that large amount of passive income because you'll have a large amount of money that can will then work for you. And depending on the scale that you invest that money at will be dependent on the return at scale that you get passively. Did I summarize that right? Yeah, exactly. Like I know one dude, he has like, he's invested in 50 plus passive deals. That's insane, right? But you have to have a lot of money to do that. And I don't yeah. have a lot of money, you know, I mean, a lot of these deals that you invest passively in, they they have a minimum of 25000 and or 50 mm -hmm. to $100,000. I just, I don't have that, you know. Yeah. And to be honest, the returns, the monthly cash flow on those aren't that great. I mean, you might see a check here and there. Eventually, when they sell, you might get a nice return. Like yeah. with ours, I think we invested fifty thousand. In eighteen months, they gave us a check for seventy-five thousand, which is a pretty good return, right? Like you, you okay. pretty much it, you, made I'm half sorry, return. 18, eighteen months. Yeah. So I mean, they got more than half. Yeah, they got lucky because I mean, the market, the of the cap rates compressed. Um, the market rents jumped in that region, so mm -hmm. you know the net operating income improve just just naturally just yeah. with rents going up and so the let's take value that of the property went up so yeah no, that's a, that's a good example thanks for sharing that alex let's take that number and i sorry i got excited because i nearly cut you off there so <laughs> i apologize i got excited no, when you good. told me about the numbers so you put you put in 50k you got 75k in 18 months that's probably on the that's a great case study right there mm -hmm. uh if you let's for the for the interest of our, our listeners in, in whoever's watching money is all about opportunity cost right so why don't you kind of give us a little case study on maybe if you were if you again if you have a deal great if not if you were to put that 50k on the short-term rental side again it's not passive it's it's active what kind yeah. of return do you think you could get with 50k because yeah. i think i don't know what the math is on want to do public math right now but 75k you got more a little more than half over right of almost doubled right in 18 months um, yeah like a 50 percent return in 50 percent right on top so, of that i was able to do they do the cost segregation thing yes. and all that, so you get a nice K -K little tax break mm -hmm. so let's compare that we're in the lab like what do you think if you want to highlight it to someone who's like yeah no that's the kool-aid i'm drinking I'm like well why should they consider <laughs> Maybe this is maybe you're the seed that plans them to, to be like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Alex said something key here. What's the opportunity <laughs> cost here if you were to go into SDRs? Yeah. So I could give you my first short term rental. Yeah. Right? So I purchased it. that for 625000 
Mm-hmm. Now I had a bankruptcy and foreclosure, but I did have financial financing initially for a 10% down payment. So 62,500 was going to be the down payment. So I could have gotten that at that time. And so I, someone with better credit could have gotten that. The first year of owning that short-term rental, it generated $135,000. Um, oh, what's the, yeah. hold on. And, and again, this is why the space, that's how I got pulled into it. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> you need to say that one more time for the people in the back. That's 135000 Yeah. Um, Gross revenue. Right, Grocery that includes course, cleaning yeah. fees, yeah, yeah, not yeah, the taxes sure. or Airbnb yeah, fees, yeah, and the mortgage, right? But right. that already shows you the the. Okay, so give us some context. What kind of property is this? Six hundred twenty-five thousand. What can I get yeah. for that? Where was it? Well, you can't get it now. I mean, maybe in a few nah, months. Or, I know, or I know. <laughs> Times have changed. As by the right. time we release this, we we don't even know where we'll be at. But right. Yeah, it was in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. It was brand new construction, four bedroom, three bath. Uh, 2,300 square feet and an amazing location in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Oh, you um, timed Pigeon Forge? How'd you get in so quickly? I mean, that was a good know, timing. What year well, was I that? I bought it 2020, right? And not that long ago, that's right? Great. Yeah, but that's good. That that <laughs> window, though, is 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 good enough because after, like prices start to get a little ridiculous. It started jumping. It's crazy because um, at, at a certain point in your real estate career, you're going to have to take a risk. And you do enough research out there and networking and you're like, okay, I feel comfortable with this. At the time I was trying to syndicate apartments and it just wasn't happening. And I, I, my CPA, Amanda Hahn with Keystone, she actually said, you know what, you should consider short-term rentals because you'll get more material participation hours to claim real estate professional. And I know some of my clients are making good money with short-term rentals. And so I said, okay, if I'm going to invest in short-term rentals, what market do I need to invest in? And I reached out to my network and I just put a question out there on bigger pockets. And everyone kept telling me the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. I had no idea where that was. Movement. I was like, what the hell is that? I'm from Southern California. I have no clue what that is, but I'm like, okay, let me drink the Kool-Aid. Let me reach out to who's the best agent there, reached out to an agent. And at that time it, I traveled to the Smokies. I was just looking back at my pictures, uh, July, 2020. And if you guys remember what the economy was like in July, 2020, and how we all felt like we all were scared. We didn't know if the economy was going to jump off a cliff. What? So the house I bought, it sat on the market for 40 days. Like nobody was buying it. And I'm looking at this thing like, okay, I could buy this at 625,000. My agent at the time gave me a conservative figure. She said, it's probably going to generate you $100,000 a year. And I said, okay, well, how much of that am I going to keep? And she said, probably half. And I said, okay, so I'm going to put $62,500 down and I'll make, I'll profit $50,000. And I can do a cost seg study on this, which not a lot of people at the time were doing. I was like, okay, this seems like a win here, a home run. And it turned out to be even better. And on top of that, it allowed me to learn a business. On top of that, it allowed me to to teach others because I love giving back and helping others. And so I've helped so many other people kind of learn this business. So it's just been something that's that's been constantly giving. Yeah, I didn't know that. So by the way, it's so rewarding because you know, I recently taught, like someone came, you know, like, will you co-host? And I'm like, no, I don't think your margins are there, but I could coach you. And like, here's my fee and I'll just teach you everything. 
and that was so rewarding because I'm looking at her calendar now and it's like super booked. And I'm like, yeah. that's really cool, isn't it? Like, I feel like in this in this space, there's a lot of room to teach, which I really yeah. like. Um, just before I go back on a few things that you said, uh, just while we're on this topic, are you helping people who are like you? And just for uh, when I mean when I say by that is I know you come from the healthcare and you mentioned it. Yeah. I didn't hear what it was. What kind of therapist are you? So I'm a respiratory therapist. So COVID, respiratory. Yeah. So COVID, all the ventilators, life support, we're in the middle of it. We're in the front wow. of the front line, working the ICUs. But what what I, what I found was, and I found this before that, and it COVID kind of accelerated like the conversation with everyone, is that everyone loved healthcare, working in it. There was some type of passion to become a doctor, become a nurse because you liked helping people. They didn't like all the politics that hospitals brought. They didn't like working for a boss. They didn't like the schedule, being on call and doing overnight call and having no control over your life. You know, you're missing out on family functions. And a lot of healthcare workers, they were getting burnt out before COVID. And then COVID came and it put it on steroids. But everyone saw me like, oh my God, that guy, he purchased a short-term rental is generating $5,000 a month profit off one. And so their minds started thinking like, maybe I, I still like healthcare. I still love being a nurse or a doctor. What if I cut back and just work part-time, purchase a short-term rental and supplement my income? It wound up being, I would help somebody like, you know, someone, a coworker, a nurse or a doctor purchase one. I always tell people, if you purchase one short-term rental, it's almost guaranteed you're going to purchase a second, third, fourth oh, one. You're, you you're going to figure it out. Yeah, it's yeah. just you find out this business is generating money. It's fun. Not all the times, but the thing is like you get to use it on vacation. Um, it's something people could wrap their minds around. And if you purchase right, like I said, you only need a handful of them to get to that financial freedom. And they're actually, freedom is actually the bigger word there because mm. now you're not emboldened to hospital administration, the boss that you can't stand anymore, all the politics at work. That kind of goes away because you know in your heart you could walk away at any time if you wanted to. You're right not there. tied down into that yeah. job. You're not stuck. And I think a lot of healthcare workers, they get to a point in their lives, they keep getting more and more degrees, they keep moving up the ladder and getting, you know, into different committees, but they're stuck. That's not freedom at all. And so with short-term rentals, I feel like I have that freedom. So we'll be right back. Experimentation. I always experiment. And the reason why is I'm always trying to find the best tool, the best method, and the best vehicle to help me get to my end goal. One of the tools that we use in the short-term rental space is Guesty for hosts. Now, Experimentation, you know that I love to test things and I wouldn't be sharing with you anything that I don't use myself. As a short-term rental super host, Airbnb super host, listings that we own and co-host at the same time, I can tell you that there's no better software that allows us to streamline our business right now currently there's actually three properties right now that are currently where guests are checking in and i'm here with you and i did not need to send in check-in instructions for this for these current properties right there are multiple ways that you can streamline your operation from on the front end and on the back end from being able to create a website from being able to get income reports for your team to looking at statistics to setting up auto reviews to 
integrating your smart lock so that you don't have to sit here and send every day and remind yourself to send the, the passcodes for your smart locks. No, instead you can integrate directly the exact same way that you can actually send your cleaners a link so that they don't have to remind themselves uh, when they need to go to cleanings. There's text reminders that go out. There's links that can go out for them. This is a tool that if you're looking to give a smooth experience for your team on the back end, it will truly reflect and it does for your guests on the front end. Make sure you go to host.guesty.com and use our unique link. Our unique link will be in our bio in the show notes. If you're currently watching this, you'll see it right here at the bottom of my screen. Use this unique link so that you can tell Guesty that I sent you. You don't want to miss out on this. You need a PMS property management software in your business. If you're looking to operate like a super host that you deserve to be so that your guests can have the best experience that they deserve to have at your properties. Again, that host.guesty.com use our unique link that is here on the screen in the bio and in the show notes if you're listening to this guys happy hosting that's cool i, I love what you said is that having that choice right because because sometimes internally it's liberating because you're like hey i don't i'm choosing to be here right like yeah. i don't have to be here that yeah. in itself has power right um that's really cool and, and I, I love what you said about um alex about it's something that everyone understands. I even feel like there's sometimes a little bit of a disconnect when you say, you know, when you look at like, and I'm not picking on multifamily syndication here. I'm just using it as an example or like yeah. a fix and flip. I think people see a lot of risk. They get overwhelmed. Uh -huh. uh, multifamily syndications like, Hey, like, you mean I'm locking my money for five years and then, yeah. I, but I guess there's still, a, you could still understand that. I think, short-term rental it's kind of we've most of us have been in a hotel or a vacation home and you could see it you could touch it it's kind of manageable yeah. almost like yeah. it's it's and the reason i say that is coming from a, the marketing perspective it's it's all about relatability mm -hmm. and you need to be relatable people when you're yes. being the hero you, you'd be like hey like i or not you being the hero when you're serving the hero it's like i feel like i could go on this journey as well it's not like overwhelming yes. and then when you use the model that's very powerful you're like wait this same home that you have you know that home that's just sitting there that home if done properly if in the right market that single door can bring you this much i think that's what makes this kind of industry kind of cool because it's a relatable but it's a really powerful asset that again needs to be done correctly and that's when we can rely on people like you to kind of show us the ropes yeah. of how to do that but that's really cool yeah. i want to i want to um you mentioned something key earlier though about uh and I didn't want to let this slip to the cracks uh about and it's Amanda Han, right? Yes. Yeah, Amanda. She's Han. a beast, I heard. Uh I think for sure it's SDR seven. And and it's so cool because I'm working with a new CPA and I'm like really geeking out. Like it's just uh -huh. so important. Uh the whole cost yeah. seg. So mm -hmm. I'm and something I'm gonna do too, but I want you to touch on it because I bought in 2020 as well. Uh mm -hmm. like super low rate. Um, and really exciting, but I want you to talk about the real estate professional component on the cost sex study. If again, knowing that you're not a cost sex specialist or anything like that, but just kind of give us that insight because yeah. you planted that seed real quick and subtle, but I want to <laughs> highlight it because it's really important. And I want yeah. you to just talk about what, what the benefits are for that cost set. Can you just give us some insight in the SDR space? 
Yeah, there's a huge loophole there. I don't even know if I should call it a loophole. It's just, it's it's legal, right? It's something the government wants you to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this huge benefit to owning short-term rentals, um, especially for high net worth individuals. And that's kind of how I teach these healthcare professionals. Like, hey, man, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a, a, a real estate professional to get those hours. Because what we do is we do a cost segregation study. So the cost segregation study, everyone always talks about, hey, what deductions do you need, right, to help offset my income because I'm paying so much in taxes. And people say, hey, you could probably like write off your plane flight and write off buying a a dishwasher or, you know, like you could provide Netflix for your cabin and you could get a write off. Those pale in comparison to anything that a, a cost segregation can do. So I'll give you numbers, real concrete numbers here, Ruben. So our first cabin we purchased for $625,000. It gave me a $207,000 deduction year one. Okay. 207,000. And that doesn't even, I'm not even, this is just depreciation. I'm not even including my mortgage interest. I'm not including my, my, uh, my closing costs any of the items I purchased, cleaning fees. So the write-offs are probably closer to $250,000, right? So um, I can use that money because it's a short-term rental. Now there's some certain laws there that you have to meet, some uh, certain hours you have to meet to help write off my W-2 income. Because um, in general, all income is deemed passive by the IRS. And so you can't use that to help offset your active income, your W-2. Mm-hmm. But with short-term rentals, like I said, there's a little loophole there where you can use that to help offset my W-2. So real numbers, you guys love real numbers, right? Year one, I got a $41,000 tax refund, right? And so what do you do with that? Well, hold on, I, hold on. I buy more short-term rentals. Hold on, hold on, stop, 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 stop. Hold on, Alex. Real numbers, you guys like them. You have a I'm job. An open book, man. You're W two, right? And mm-hmm. respiratory therapist. Yeah. You have a good paying job. Mm-hmm. You have an STR. Yeah. How? And you're in California. Yes. How in the hell do you get back from the IRS? <laughs> what is I believe above the average uh the the yeah the, the the average income someone makes in america right is right around yeah. 40k right something like that close to that yeah. you know i just gave you some great copy by the way if you ever want to use that <laughs> how i got right. back more than what someone no because people will be like oh alex is a douchebag no yeah. <laughs> but it's good copy for context there yeah you got that back as a credit yeah i just need to just pause for a second to just um level set because um i had one firm do my taxes this year they were more like a bookkeeping and then i got like a, a guy who works with cost sex specialist and he's mm-hmm. like a really really solid cpa mm-hmm. and he saves me like thousands and thousands of dollars and i was just right. blown away i'm like i will never take tax strategy lightly mm-hmm. ever again like ever right. i was just like this is mind-boggling so yeah. I don't know how long you have, but just at a high level, how the heck did you get 40K back when you have full-time jobs? It's not like, oh yeah, you're an entrepreneur and yeah. you just do STRs. Like yeah. you have a job. Did it just offset the income that you had, active income that you had made in your W-2 and then some? 
Um, pretty much. I mean, um, you know, at a certain point in your career, you're going to have to hire the best professionals and stop doing it all yourself. And that's when I went to Amanda Hahn and I said, you're going to be my first big hire. And she helped guide me that way. And she pretty much taught me the strategy over everything. And so with me, I'm not the smartest guy out there. I'm a C student in high school. Really, I mean, it's not because I'm stupid. It's just I worked a lot, played baseball, interested in girls all the time. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't really focused, right? But the thing is, I I mean, my job as a respiratory therapist, we don't have the highest degree. I mean, I went to community college where Chris Rock says everybody in the community could go to, right? But, <laughs> I never so, heard that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So everyone gets accepted, right? And so um, for me, respiratory therapists in the hospital, we don't make as much as a nurse or nowhere near a doctor or any other uh, of those higher professions. But for me, I just, I, I went to work. I went to work like crazy. And if anybody that I'm, uh, that's watching this knows me, I was working six, seven days a week to the point where I was so hungry and motivated to really kickstart financial freedom and get all these properties and the thing is, you don't even need to do it that long. So we were generating, I think three years in a row, I generated over 200,000 a year, just mm -hmm. working all the time. But I was paying like $35,000, $40,000 in federal income taxes yeah. out of my paycheck, right? And I was still, I was claiming single and zero, right? And so at the end of the, that year in 2020, I paid, I think $38,000 went to Uncle Sam. I claimed single and zero the whole time. Everyone said, you're stupid. You shouldn't do that but I like big tax returns, right? And I said, okay, I, I think I might get a $10,000 or $20,000 tax return because I think I played my cards right here. It takes a while for, for the income strategy or the tax strategy to really take into effect. It, it takes a year or two for you to finally understand it because then you still have to purchase the homes and, and understand how to document your hours and everything. So I paid $38,000 that year in federal income taxes out, you know, all this overtime going straight to Uncle Sam. But at the end of the year, I pretty much got it back and some because with child tax credits and all of the other credits that they give you. So I paid, I paid zero. Absolutely. Zero. I got everything back. And what does someone do with a nice tax return? They buy more real estate that gives you more cash flow, that gives you more tax breaks. And so mm -hmm. you're caught in this like pretty cool cycle, I guess. Because this is the second year I got, I didn't do as much overtime and I got a $28,000 tax refund. <laughs> so wow. it's kind of just. So, so I, my key takeaway here is invest in hiring the right person. Yes. That will take you get a long you way. A, a long way and, and make you money, right? Because right. the money that you spend and I, we're not going to, you know, obviously you can't disclose because I'm sure Amanda's rates are, you know, going to change all the time, but. <laughs> You know, whatever you put into that, the return that you're getting on that and your time, because you're working every day. And so that's what taxes are about. And now the opportunity cost that you have with the money that you can, right? Because you're, you're not going to put that in your savings. You're going to put it back to work or maybe you yeah. are, but whatever. Yeah. What we're trying to say is there's, there's, there's so much return on that money that you put in and based on money that you got back out with again speaking to the right professional like that's just so important yes 100 percent, totally worth it and i'm a diy guy i try to do everything on my own i try to youtube everything you could youtube anything nowadays right and learn everything at a certain point i said i don't have enough time to learn about tax laws and i looked at rich people i remember like the whole election cycle they always talked about how this candidate paid zero in taxes 
And the way I looked at it was, well, how do I pay zero in taxes? Like, what are they doing that I can't do? And so I really, that, that's all I did. I said, well, how are they not paying taxes? They're probably doing it through real estate. A lot of people are doing it through real estate. And so I found the right profession to really guide me. So, yeah. How do you get to, you, you know, finally, because I think that's something I was on the hunt for for a while as well. So someone who's listening, when is the best time to reach out to a professional? Uh, definitely not in yeah. March. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when, when, when would you say is the best time? And then yeah, after the when, how do you reach out to them? Yeah, the best time was yesterday and the, the second best time is today. Because the thing is, like I said, it, it gets the ball rolling. It gets your mind rolling because they're not going to cook up your books or anything like that. Everything they do is legal. And my CPA, she's a strategist. So she helps guide me and she looks at my situation and tells me what I need to do for next year. So that way you don't get into the same situation mm-hmm. and that way you could try to figure it out. It's not like they're going to like try to figure out like, you know, I don't like I had a CPA at one point. He's like, oh, we're going to just say you donated this much money and all of that. That's that's not the right way to do it. The right way is to figure out what everyone else is doing and kind of find that strategy. So really reach out to someone. For me, I remember the first time I heard about Amanda Hahn, I was just listening to Bigger Pockets and Brandon Turner at the time was talking about how this is my CPA. And I said, I need to reach out to that person. And that's really all it all it was. It wasn't anything smart or research that I did. I just heard someone using her and, and I reached out to her. And at that time, she was still taking clients. I'm not sure if she's taking clients now, but um, I don't know her website, but I, I could... Um, I could give you yeah. her contacts or whatever yeah, later sure. on and, and um, you could reach out to her. If not, there's a lot of other CPAs that are getting into short-term rental because this is like a niche, right? There's a niche there. Um, so there's some CPAs that just solely focus in on helping the short-term rental operator. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a game changer and um, I'm excited. Let, let, uh, well, I'll have you on the air here because I, I recently got some insights. I'm, I'm in the middle of restructuring a lot of stuff, even how we were getting paid out, like new S-Corps and, and the whole nine mm-hmm. yards cost segs. Yeah. What's what's one tip you want to leave us? Again, not um, not giving any legal tax advice or anything like that, but just yeah. any insights that you've uh, kind of a huge oversight. You're like, wait, are you serious? That, that you remember your CPA or anything along those lines of how people typically do things and how they ought to be doing it. Is there anything that comes to mind as a big, like this stands out? Yeah. um, So as far as like LLCs or any of that stuff, like a lot of times, like I work with medical professionals and they want to know all the answers right away. Like they want to be covered. They're like, I want an LLC. I want this, this, this before I start doing it. For me, I just jump right in. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to figure out along the way. You talk about opportunity costs. Time has passed you up. (laughs) But while you were trying to get educated, I invested in five, six, seven homes already by that point, you know, Mm. and and, and started figuring it out. One other thing I'll tell you is about um, um, a lot of it has to do with documenting your hours. One thing I do, there's a pretty cool app. It's called Reps Tracker. So I use Reps Tracker um, and I document all of my reps r-e-p-s tracker so that's real estate professional status tracker mm-hmm. um i think it costs like 10 bucks a year or something like that i don't even remember what it is or ten dollars a month but the thing is i used to document everything on a spreadsheet and here i could it'll actually voice like um um 
what's it called dictate like what I'm doing. So like, let's say I, I was in Alabama, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, hey, just talk to my handyman, uh, helped him paint a door period. And then you can put, oh, that, that took me an hour and a half. So there are these like Ooh, different nice. tests. Yeah. There are these different tests that you have to qualify for. Um, Cause the one thing is the IRS is beefing up their, their uh, budget. So they're going to have a lot more people to audit people. You want to be able to have all of this documented legally. For an um, audit. Yeah. Right. For an audit. So not only that, it's a, it's a good idea to just start recording everything that you're doing um, as you're doing it, just as a habit. Like, hey, I just drove to Home Depot. How many trips have you guys drove to Home Depot at your short-term Stop, minutes, right? quit playing games, bro. <laughs> You're exposing me. Wait, I'm totally going to use this, man. This is, again, this is why yeah. I love this podcast. Reps Tracker. So yeah. just for, for all the listeners, and guys, you know I'm a practitioner. I'm going to be sharing this. Um, um, it's, it's, I take out my phone and usually after the fact, hey, just spoke to such and such for this amount. And then I would just enter the amount yeah. And, and then that would right. log, log it. Yeah. That's, that's a great habit. You know why? Because yeah. it, re it removes the friction of like, Oh, yeah. like, yeah, I should probably open my Excel, but I, I don't, it's not open right now. Like, yeah. Right. Know? Right. And not only oh. that, there's a timer. So you could even click the timer be like, and, and you can take pictures. You could upload a video if you wanted to, it gets uploaded to the cloud. And I think the more detailed you are with it, the more it looks like, Oh, this is a real activity. Like I could put in here, sent out emails 15 minutes and the IRS will be like, well, what did the emails talk about? But I could say, hey, sent out emails to Sandy, talked about this, blah, 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 HOA issue with this, blah, blah. blah. So the more detailed it is, um, I think it, 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 you know, if you ever got audited, I think it's very authentic, you know? So. Yeah, no, I got you. Say no more. My goodness. That alone in itself <laughs> is so much value you just gave I'm, I'm i'm downloading that as we speak uh reps tracker thank you for that that's a huge insight and yeah. it's just so important i think and it's it's the unsexy things isn't it right that you gotta right. do yeah, yeah. <laughs> that matter that truly yeah. matter um tell me man so what's so you're currently a restoration therapist you just came back from gulf shores uh you know, looking at some of your short-term rentals or not looking, but do, you know, kind of doing a, it sounds like a checkup. How often do you go down there to check up on them? Well, um, I'm finding that I'm having to do it a lot more in the beach market. Um, so this is my first year owning all three of those. And what I wanted to do was go back there after the busy all season. Three? But yeah. how'd you buy three in one year? What was it? Well, you realize you have an ATM machine and you want to get as many ATM machines as possible with short-term rentals, right? Because these things print out money and you're like, yeah. how on the world? And and you just figure it out. You're like, okay, I need to pull money from here. I need to pull out equity here. At are you time, borrowing money or are you, what are you, are you refinancing? Because we're looking at, we're literally in that stage of, uh, I might consult you while I have you here, brother. Um, <laughs> I'm doing we're that trying right to leverage some existing assets as well. So for someone who's like, yeah, I kind of want to, maybe I have one short term rental and I kind of want to be like Alex, who has, yeah. what is it, six plus or six? Yeah, it'll um, be seven here in, at the end of the year. But that's super I'll exciting. I'll give you a case. Well, number one, um, the CARES Act of 2020 allowed me to pull from my 401k. Don't be nice. afraid to touch your 401k if you oh, had sure. to. So we wound up pulling $100,000 from my uh, 401k and my wife did. Uh, and we use that money to help Smart. grow our portfolio, right? 
Um, and then I'll give you another case scenario. Scenario: This is our first short-term rental we purchased for six hundred twenty-five thousand. Had bad credit, bankruptcy, and all that. Not the smartest okay. guy. Wound up putting one hundred twenty thousand dollars into it to get the property. Um, so the thing is, the property's boomed in value. It's worth well over a million right now. So what? now we have since twenty twenty, right? And to show you, like I'm yes. the common guy. I was not very smart, so I set up. Uh, automatic bill pay and I set up accidentally automatic bill pay through the bank I was making double mortgage payments for 14 months and I didn't even know it right that shows no. you how, that, that shows you how much these things cash flow <laughs> I didn't even feel that I was making $2,600 extra payments idiot right it wasn't until I hired a bookkeeper so hire the right professional I finally hired a bookkeeper to look at my books and she said why did you make $35,000 extra payments? Where did this come from? I'm like, no, I want that money back. What are you talking about? Right. And so you can't saw, get that back, right? You can't get it back. <laughs> you got to refight. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. They're Wait, that's hilarious. Wait, I have right. some more copy for you. How I think like a marketer, how I accidentally paid double my mortgage and still cash flowed in X amount. Right. You're going to have some copy after this. I didn't Wait, even know. That's crazy. <laughs> That's but anyway, sounds. now I owe like only $430,000 on the property and it's gone up over a million. Oh. What we're doing is we're doing a cash out refinance to get all of our money back. Don't Even, be afraid to do that. And you're, yeah. you're not, you're not tripping about the rates. I'm not because now I got a free house, baby. I, I understand that it was a 3% interest rate. And no, 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 no. I, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Because you literally, you just made your money back. I made oh, all my money insane. back. It's like there's no water under the bridge. It's like I got a pretty much a free house. Yes, it's not going to cash flow as much. It's cash flowing about five grand a month. It's okay. Ooh, just pretend it's, you're it's doing gonna... a triple triple mortgage payment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and so now it's going to cash flow three thousand dollars a month. But I got no money into it. Right. So don't be afraid to do. Oh, here's the other thing. It's taking it out of my name. I'm putting it under my wife's name because she's mm -hmm. retired now um, because of short-term rentals. It's yeah. putting it under her name. So now that frees up my debt to income. Debt to income. Yes, 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 yes. Not only that, I purchased it as a second home loan where mm -hmm. I, I had it as a 10% down payment. Mm -hmm. That's not under my name anymore. Now I could go back in the market if I wanted to and buy another vacation rental at 10% down. If I With wanted. another second home loan. Right, right. Oh, that's, dude, that's so awesome. Books. That's another one too that, that I've been thinking about too as strategic purchases like that with your partner to get in, but then refi it out and put it on the mm -hmm. other partner. Although I just right. got married this year, so I don't know if they... No, it doesn't matter because they're looking at your personal when you're buying, right? They're not looking mm -hmm. at the, the joint tax return. Right, and that's another thing. Return. To hire the best, like I got, I feel like I got the best loan officer and lender and she owns short-term rentals herself. Oh, she's helping cool. me guide me. Like she's, it's not me that's coming up with these ideas. Yeah. It's my CPA, my bookkeeper, my lender that, because that's the thing when you pay, I don't care about the price as much anymore as where they can get, help get me. Right? Mm. I build that really strong relationship. And if they could do something for you, I'm okay with overpaying. Because then now all of a sudden I wasn't even thinking about this strategy until until she kind of guided me to get to that point. So, and this was your saying, uh, your uh, lender, or yeah, your... my lender. 
Yeah. No, you have to, it's such a good, you're, you're building right pillars, right? Like CPA is one lender is another bookkeeper is another, you said, um, that's, yeah, that's, you got the right players, man, that you got to build who, not how, right. Who, not how, right. Who, not how is is so key. And you don't even have to get it perfect at first. Just no. get in, just yeah. dive in, and then you're going to start figuring it out. Yeah. So, yeah, experiment, fail, learn, repeat. And, you know, in my studio, I'm not in right now, but that's what we live live by experimentation, right? Like, really got to experiment quickly. Right. And then, of course, correct. There's no perfect experiment. I think that's going to, that's the worst thing you could do. Try to wait until things are perfect and then run your experiments. No, because you refine over way, you learn, and you're going to meet people as you're on your way up there that will, of course, correct you as well. But then the action that you've taken has already compounded over time too. Yeah. And like I said, the first real estate deal I did was a scam. I got scammed out of that money. Had I stopped there, actually, my wife should have stopped me. I don't know what she was thinking. So tell tell me, because- because you, going, you strike you know? me as a guy who's very like reflective on on kind of you know what you're doing what you've done mm-hmm. when you say you were scammed what what lessons learned do you see like what blind spots didn't you have like was it truly yeah. like there was a lie or it was more like an oversight like what are your thoughts uh, both um mm-hmm. i think what happened is i mean the internet wasn't big back in 2003 and I was working with a nurse and I was like, I want to get into real estate. And we were working night shift and all of those infomercials were coming on in patients' rooms. I said, hmm, maybe I get into real estate. And I overheard her talking about it. And she said, yeah, I'm doing this. And I said, well, give me the info. And I actually went and visited the company there in Englewood, Colorado. The guy even showed me the plot. I signed the contract and everything. But the thing is, I felt like looking back at it now, I didn't do enough research talking to other people and seeing what other real estate strategies there were at that time it was kind of like hey i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do what someone else i know you know uh, i know that person is doing something i want to just copy them the internet is so free now there's so many like if you network with enough people you'll find all of these little real estate strategies and i feel like i didn't do enough of that and had I done that, oh my gosh, Ruben, imagine if we were investing in short-term rentals in 2004, 2003 at that wow. time, like where would you be at this point, right? Um, but, you know, my mind wasn't at that point. I was like, hey, I think I, I'd like to get a duplex at that time in Colorado and I like that market. Um, so there was a lot of it being duped. There was a sales pitch, a nice office, nice car that took me out to the lot. And I'm like, okay, this is real. And then it wound up not being real. But you know what? Everything is on me. Everything is my fault. That was my fault. I didn't network enough. Um, and yeah, that's really what it was. I just didn't network enough. You're doing your due diligence. No, that's good. Cause I think it's important for us to be able to share these, you know, in retrospect and be like, okay, like what could I have done better? Right. Um, and, you know, kind of being solution oriented for, 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 for our listeners um it's a good lessons learned so so tell me you got um what's the goal for you man because it sounds like you're already you know well into your experiments you got some deep roots planted and you're seem like you're really got some good momentum now you're saying you got three that you're working on you're pulling money out you're leveraging it the right way you got the right people in your in your ear telling you 
what to do, what to look out for, things you didn't even think to even think of. Yeah. You know, where are you trying to take this thing, man? You know, that Ruben, this is something I struggle with every day. Um, where am I going to take it? Like, how far do I keep blowing it up? Because I'm 42 years old now and the goals, it's weird, man. I'm, I'm getting, I'm that old guy now. And, <laughs> and the bro, goals you're are... 42. Would you cut it out, man? Look good. <laughs> yeah got four kids you just retired yeah. your wife no no no. hold on i'm gonna bless you on the air because we don't do this enough and i found myself i was just talking to a friend about this we're overachievers yeah. and then we don't get a chance to appreciate what we've done because we're so yeah. focused on where we're going so first of all i love your honesty of like you don't know because because sometimes yeah. like oh yeah you gotta write down like your visualize your dream home and you got to write it down yeah. and what car you want to drive and like what this mm-hmm. and like sometimes yeah. it's just not like that because yeah. a lot of Sometimes people that I surround myself with, they exceed their goal sometimes, or, or, mm-hmm. or most people when you talk to them, it's like never how would I have imagined X. So I actually yeah. find goal setting to be an interest, interesting exercise. And I'm actually going to retreat. I'm going to ask a spe- special question around that because, because sometimes mm-hmm. I struggle with like the big hairy ass goal versus yeah. like what I think is like kind of a realistic versus I got a coach who tells me he doesn't set goals. He just focuses on process. He's like, and he's yeah. made like a million dollar in a day. He never right. imagined that was never a goal to do that. Right. right. right so right. before we resume, I want to bless you on the air, brother. I feel like I'm on a sermon here because <laughs> you've done so much. That's why you're here. You're sharing with us. Yeah. And I want to give you a kudos because yeah, it's thanks. not, it's not natural. And I think sometimes we are so surrounded by everyone who's doing it because we are yeah. surrounded by peers who are elevated that we lose sense a little bit. So right. to all the, you know, being bankrupt, recovering from that, like filing yeah. for bankruptcy, at least making a mistake, yeah. like, Mm-hmm. there's so much wins in, in, in battle that you had to overcome. And now you're in a position where you are in a position. And I don't know if you've reached your number yet or you're on the way, but you're pretty, it sounds like you're there yeah. and, or at least you have the choice to. Yeah. So kudos, but on that note, uh, absolutely. Alex, take it in. Yeah, I love thanks. your answer. Why, why, <laughs> why aren't you sure? Like why, why, um, like what's the the, yeah because the goals aren't financial anymore and the older i get Mm. you think about legacy like how on earth do i leave this world a better place what did you do to help others and so really if you guys know me and i've helped so many people invest in short-term rentals i never took a dime i really just gave them all my contacts and i said this is really my story learn from it and so now I, i i just enjoy helping others achieve financial freedom also. And that's really the goal. Now, obviously we wanna make money, right? Obviously we wanna have our house paid for and take care of um, you know, our, our family and our kids. But then you get older and you, you're just starting to think, you, you think to yourself like, how can I help others along the way? And so that's why I haven't really wrote down that goal because I don't know what that is. And a lot of it, I, I haven't attached a number to it where it, some people are like, hey, I want to help a thousand people uh, retire or something like that. I don't know. With me, it's, it's about meeting, creating meaningful relationships with others, mm. like really strong bond. with. Like I, I'm meeting up with healthcare work or uh, co-workers soon for dinner. They, they've been itching to get me out there and buy me dinner. I have six co-workers I help purchase short-term rentals. Wow. I mean, how much have that 
affected their lives, their their whole like generations down. Like all of them are cash flowing two, three, four grand a month from it. How much has that really impacted their lives? And so with me, I get more gratitude. Uh, it, 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 it's so rewarding just having that more than really generating the income. Don't get me wrong. I'm not even going to BS with you guys. Generating the income is amazing. But when you start helping others and yeah. you start seeing others like benefit from just you pushing them. And a lot of times they don't need a lot of guidance. They just need to be nudged like, hey, you know what? I think you're in the right path. But go speak to my guy first before you do mm. that. You know, To me, that's rewarding. And I don't know what that goal is. I don't know. So. That's interesting. And and I, I actually appreciate that because, um, yeah, there's a lot of just transparency, which, you know, sometimes it's even hard to put a number next to things just like mm-hmm. you want more of this. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting, though, to see where you take this because you have uh, obviously if people are coming to you, you're you have this uh, natural kind of thing about you that you're willing to serve. Uh, right? I mean, yeah. that's why you do what you do, which. Um, I think you're probably going to be surprised at how many people you serve uh, mm-hmm. just because people yeah. just flock towards people like you. So yeah. that's really neat, man. But um, that it's all, I mean, it sounds like you, you're, you're pretty fulfilled, which is refreshing yeah. to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe you don't need to put a number on it. I think sometimes we just right. put so many rules, yeah. you know, in place for ourselves when there really doesn't need to be. Yeah. And Uh, and at what cost? Like, yes, I could, I could easily generate 100, $200,000 a month of income, Mm -hmm. but what does your life look like? Right? Like for me, I'm real simple. I just want to spend time with my family, become a good father or Mm -hmm. or be the best father, be the best husband really and enjoy experiences. And you don't need a lot of money for that. Right. And to me, like I said, as I get older, I value that a lot more than I do trying to hustle to get more more units or whatever it is so yeah it's really it's it's yeah it's really important to to you know know what you're optimizing for dude sometimes mm-hmm. i think even like oh i want to get into real estate why right right <laughs> and <laughs> it's like point? hey right and that's the thing like the time is the most important thing and but a lot of times we're getting into it and you're just creating another job for yourself like, why do I want to create another job for myself, take away time from family when the whole point was to get freedom, right? So. That's a fact, man. She, you put it on a good, you you put, we, we ended on a good note here. So um, where can, obviously I know that you're like, if I'm listening, I'm like, okay, I like this dude. <laughs> where, where do you like to be kind of connected or, you know? be in touch with like how do i get in touch with you yeah um so i'm trying to up my social media game a little bit so um i'm on instagram a lot so you could find me at the real alex sabio if you just type in alex sabio um that should come up i'm on yeah. facebook a lot um i created a, a healthcare community it's called you have a huge community is it like yeah more than like ten thousand people or something you know? no i got like it's three thousand it's it's small 3, um yeah, oh, yeah that's big <laughs> so it's no, called healthcare it, professionals investing in real estate so if you look me up mm-hmm. on facebook you guys are more than welcome to join 
And that's where I pump out my content all the time. I try to just put little tips here and there on how to manage your short-term rental. Because um, there's actually a lot more than, you know, initially when you start looking at the podcast or listening to the podcast, there's a lot more that you really need to know. There's pricing, there's... Uh, um, when we talk to guesty for hosts, there's, you know, that could be a beast to learn. Um, yeah. and just, you know, little tips with the short term. So I try to pump a lot of uh, content out on there. So anyway, Facebook, Alex Sabio, Instagram, the real Alex Sabio, um, reach out to me anytime. I love talking real estate. So. For sure. And if you're driving, you know, the rule, you know, the vibes, just keep your eyes on the wheel. We'll include everything in the show notes. And I really like having this cash convo with you. Because, you yeah. know, and, and you guys need to check out the Guest of Hearts episode where we did have Alex on there as well. That was a good one. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming in here and being so just authentic, genuine, and giving us some game. And <laughs> you, you gave I just, us the game today. I just shared my experience. That's all I really do. I'm your average guy just working hard, sharing my experiences. So. I don't know that you're an average guy, man. I don't think you give yourself <laughs> enough credit. You're not an average guy. You're a savior. You're, yes. you're here to... <laughs> save people from their time and i think you what i appreciate about this this space is um there's a lot of leaders like you in this space you know call it what you want a leader is someone who's willing to be able to pick someone up when they need the help and, and guide yes. them um yeah. doesn't matter how many followers you have or even if you have a podcast or even if you have a social media handle or it, it mm -hmm. or you know either a title it, it's just a matter of like helping someone else get to a level that they couldn't have gotten to by themselves and you've done that time and time and time again so i salute you for that and i appreciate you uplifting our community as well and giving them a lot of insights because i know they'll be able to benefit from it as well so so yeah, thank you so. alex for for coming into the lab and doing that sure thanks for having me here absolutely and just like that we are out if you're a real estate professional a real estate agent a real estate investor a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show, and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment.
Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.